0: Welcome to NHL Live. Well, it's good to talk about the future of the National Hockey League and the awarding of the Stanley Cup since March 12th. The arenas around North America have been dark, as most of sports has been on pause with COVID-19. But Gary Bettman, the commissioner, Don Fehr, the head of the Players Association, have come together with a plan that hopefully will see the Stanley Cup awarded sometime this summer or perhaps early fall. Hi, everyone. Mike Tarrico, Glad you are with us. The headline story, and there's a lot to unpack here, is that the National Hockey League has a plan in place to try and get the Stanley Cup awarded and finish this season. The regular season is done, but a postseason plan involving 24 teams is in place. We'll be joined by our NBC NHL analysts, Don Fear, the head of the Players Association, and NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman for live interviews. But first, here's Gary Bettman with the complete details on the next phase in the plan to return to play for the National Hockey League.
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
2: Good afternoon. I am delighted to be with you today to announce the National Hockey League's plans for our resumption of play, the format of the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs, and how we will conduct the 2020 NHL Draft Lottery. Before I get into the details, I wanna make clear that the health and safety of our players, coaches, essential support staff, and our communities are paramount. While nothing is without risk, ensuring health and safety has been central to all of our planning so far and will remain so. Let me assure you that the reason we are doing this is because our fans are telling us in overwhelming numbers that they want us to complete the season if at all possible. And our players and our teams are clear that they want to play and bring the season to its rightful conclusion. Although we are anxious to get back on the ice, we will not do anything until we are assured by medical professionals and the relevant government authorities that it is safe and prudent to do so. I want to thank Executive Director Don Fear, Special Assistant to the Executive Director Matthew Schneider, and all members of the NHL Players Association, particularly players Ron Hainsey, Connor McDavid, Mark Shifley, John Tavares, and James Van Riedenstijk, who were part of our joint Return to Play Committee. It took a great deal of collaborative effort to get where we are today. And their insight, input, wisdom and passion for our game and its traditions were essential to the process that produced the plan I'll now outline. I also want to thank Deputy Commissioner Bill Daley and league staff and medical personnel who worked tirelessly to craft this plan. And the members of the NHL Board of Governors who once again put aside personal preferences to approve a plan that we believe is fair to all of the teams and our best option under the circumstances. It will enable the best playoffs in all the sports to honor our history and produce a champion Worthy of claiming the most treasured trophy in all of sports. Now to our return to play plan. When the given go ahead from the medical experts and the relevant government authorities is given, 24 of our 31 teams will resume play. The top 12 in each conference, as ranked by percentage points, from our standings as they stood through the games of March 11th when we paused our season as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The remaining seven teams will enter the draft lottery, which I will discuss in detail later. For purposes of nomenclature, record keeping, and NHL awards, the 2019-20 regular season has been deemed to be completed. We will resume play and conduct the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs in two hub cities that will be identified and announced at a later date. One will be the site for the resuming Eastern Conference Clubs. The other will play host to the resuming Western Conference Clubs. Each will have secure arenas, practice facilities, hotels, and local transportation for our players, coaches, and essential staff. We expect that our clubs will be permitted to travel a maximum of 50 personnel to their hub city. A very limited number of support staff will be able to access the event level at each venue. A comprehensive system of testing will be in place in each hub city. We are currently in phase one of our pause, during which clubs have been instructed to self-isolate as much as possible and have done so. In early June, we expect to be able to enter phase two, during which clubs can return to their individual practice facilities for voluntary small group on and off ice training. Yesterday, we released a comprehensive protocol that will govern how we will operate in phase two. Phase three of our return to play plan will be the opening of formal training camps. The timing of our entry into phase three again will be determined by guidance from medical and civil authorities. While we are anxious to open camps as soon as possible, we don't envision doing so before the first half of July. Finally, when appropriate, we will move to phase four, in which our participating clubs will report to their respective hub cities and we will resume play. Obviously, we anticipate playing over the summer. And into the early fall. At this time, we are not fixing dates because the schedule of our return to play will be determined both by developing circumstances and the needs of our players. For various reasons, we are also not announcing at this time which two cities will serve as our hubs. Things are evolving rapidly, and when we decide on locations, we want it to be on the best available information at the time that we need to make that determination. In the meantime, I can say we have narrowed the choices to a number of cities that as of today include Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. There are no shortage of candidates that can help us do this. Again, the final determination will depend on COVID-19 conditions testing, availability, and government regulations. The top four teams in each conference will claim automatic berths in the first round of the playoffs. They will play intra-conference round robins, each playing the other three teams to determine their respective seeds in the first round. These games will be played with regular season overtime and shootout rules with ties in the final standings broken by regular season points percentage. The remaining eight teams in each conference will play in best of five qualifying round series to determine which four in each conference advance to the first round of the playoffs. The matchups for these series, again, are based on points percentage at the time of the pause. These games will be played with playoff overtime rules. Once the round robin and qualifying rounds are completed, we will conduct conference-based playoffs in each hub city. The winners of the qualifying round robins will advance to the first round with each opposing one of the round robin teams. Since we have endeavored to be sensitive to players' preferences, the matchups for the first round series remain to be set as the return-to-play committee is still discussing whether to determine them through seating or via a bracket. In addition, the return to play committee is still discussing the lengths of the first and second round series and whether the second round matchups will be determined through seeding or via bracket. In any scenario, the conference finals and Stanley Cup final will be best of seven. The sites of the conference finals and Stanley Cup final remain to be determined, although based on what we know today, we expect those series to be played in one of the two hub cities. We believe we can get the qualifying and first two rounds of the playoffs completed in little over a month. Here are the 12 teams that will be resuming play in the Eastern Conference and assigned to Hub City 1. These are the 12 clubs that will be resuming play in the Western Conference and assigned to Hub City 2. In the Eastern Conference, the top four teams by points percentage at the time of the pause who will play round-robin games to determine their playoff seeding are the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and the Philadelphia Flyers. The qualifying round series matchups in the Eastern Conference are as follows. Number five, Pittsburgh Penguins versus number 12, Montreal Canadiens. Number six, Carolina Hurricanes versus number 11, New York Rangers. Number seven, New York Islanders versus number 10, Florida Panthers. And number eight, Toronto Maple Leafs versus number nine, Columbus Blue Jackets. In the Western Conference, the top four teams by points percentage at the time of the pause, who will play round robin games to determine their playoff seating are the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. The qualifying round series matchups in the Western Conference are as follows. Number five, Edmonton Oilers versus number 12, Chicago Blackhawks. Number six, Nashville Predators versus number 11, Arizona Coyotes. Number seven, Vancouver Canucks versus number 10, Minnesota Wild. And number eight, Calgary Flames versus number nine, Winnipeg Jets. Now, to the 2020 NHL Draft Lottery. This is a bit complicated, as if what I've already told you hasn't been, and I apologize for that. The Draft Lottery will determine which clubs make the first three selections in the 2020 NHL Draft, and it will be conducted in one or two phases, depending upon the results of the various draws. The seven clubs that did not resume play and the eight qualifying round clubs that do not advance into the playoffs will enter the draft lottery. At the time of the first phase draws, we won't know which eight teams won't advance from the qualifying round. So we have designated temporary placeholders with the odds that the collective group would have had Phase one draws will be conducted on June 26th prior to the round robins and qualifying round. There will be three separate draws to determine which clubs possess the first, second, and third overall selections in the 2020 NHL draft. Each will include the seven non-resuming clubs and eight placeholder teams that have not yet won a draw. If any draw is won by one of the seven non resuming teams, that club or the club to which that first round pick was traded gets that selection. If all three draws are won by non resuming clubs, there will be no need for a phase two. Should any of the three draws not be won by a non resuming club, we will conduct a phase two before the conference quarterfinals. At that point, the assignment of the remaining top three selections will be determined through draws, including only the qualifying round clubs that fail to advance. For any and all phase two draws, all teams involved will have the same odds of winning. Once the top three selections are determined, all remaining clubs will be slotted in reverse order of their 2019-20 points percentage. Let me give you some explanation. The format was adopted in order to maintain the distribution of lottery winning odds that were in place entering the 2019-20 season. In other words, teams that do not resume play have the same odds of claiming one of the top three selections as they would have had if the 2019-20 schedule had been completed. You can see those odds here. As previously stated, all clubs involved in any phase two draw as a group will have the same odds of winning. For a possible first of such draws, each club would have 12.5% chance of winning, one in eight, which means each of the losing clubs in the qualifying round would have, in effect, a 3% chance of winning the first overall pick. Obviously, these are extraordinary and unprecedented times. Any plan for the resumption of play, by definition, cannot be perfect. And I am certain that depending on which team you root for, you can find some element of this package that you might prefer to be done differently. But we believe we have constructed an overall plan that includes all teams, that is a practical matter might have had a chance of qualifying for the playoffs when the season was paused. And this plan will produce a worthy Stanley Cup champion who will have run the postseason post season gauntlet that is unique to the NHL. Let me reiterate, while we are hopeful, it is our goal that we will be able to resume play and award the Stanley Cup. We intend to do so within a timeframe that will enable us to get back to a full calendar for the 2021 season. At the same time, we remain focused on the safety of our players, coaches, support staff, and arena, arena personnel. We will not set dates, choose sites, or begin to play until we know it is appropriate and prudent and are approved to do so. As we seek some return to normalcy, This is an important day, particularly for NHL fans. Since March 12th, we have been hopeful and optimistic that by developing all options and alternatives, we could get to this point. I know I joined sports fans everywhere when we say we cannot wait for our players to hit the ice again. And I look forward to the greatest privilege of all, presenting the most storied and coveted trophy in all of sports to the captain of the 2019-20 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you.
0: Okay, so there are the comments of NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. He'll join us live for further questioning to unpack some of the things that are left unsaid there in about 13 and a half minutes. Don Fear of the Players Association will also join us between now and then. To recap the headlines, 24 teams competing for the Stanley Cup. A round robin with the top four teams in each conference playing for that first round seeding. And simultaneous along with that, The qualifying round with those eight remaining teams in the best of five then we'll have 16 then it will feel like the regular stanley cup playoff format although there will be tweaks to seating to bracketing that hasn't been decided yet We don't know if those will be best of five, best of seven. The conference finals and Stanley Cup final to be best of seven. And the games will be played in two hub cities, at least until we get to the conference final. And the indication from the commissioner was that that could be the way the whole playoffs play out. Eddie Olchek, our uh, NHL analyst on NBC, joins us here now. So, Edzo, I think, first off, the biggest news here is this is the first professional sports league in the U.S., baseball, basketball, football, hockey, to give us a plan of how it will look in a reordered schedule. What is your immediate reaction to hearing the way it's going to play out if it plays out?
3: Well, Mike, good to be with you. And uh, what, what a great day for hockey fans and for people uh, that, that love this great game. And You know, I'm not surprised. I I think uh, a tip of the hockey helmet to uh, the commissioner, Mr. Bettman and Bill Daly, for really being transparent through this whole process. And look, all of our worlds have turned upside down. But right from the start, right from the pause, they've been out there. They've been uh, doing interviews. They've been giving information when the information is there. And you're right. Being the number one sports league and getting all the information again, the commissioner said, Mike, look at the first the first thing that's most important is the health and the uh, you know protecting the players and the people that are going to be involved. So there's a I mean I, I think it's it's great. I mean I think you can see the smile on my face to know that hopefully. This is just the first step of, you know, probably a handful that we can get back to awarding the greatest trophy in all of professional sports. Mike, I just took some notes here really quick. Things that stuck out to me and I guess maybe questions or whatever is like. So those top four Mm -hmm. teams in each conference, when they play, they get that buy, and they play those, they play each other one time. Are they taking the point totals from the regular season? to, you know, so if a team goes 0 and 3, does that mean they're automatically sitting in fourth when the so-called playoffs start? That would be my first question. But phase 3 I thought was interesting. The commissioner said not earlier than the first half of July to get back for those formal team gatherings. So that means look at, yeah, the players will be skating 6 to a group Social distancing, however you want to do it. But then you get back to no earlier than the first half of July. I know things can change, but I thought that was interesting. You're not going to have everybody back practicing as a team with coaches. Nothing earlier than the first half of July. And then the hub cities. You got three eastern hubs and seven western hubs. Could we be in a situation where we have two east hubs? hosting or could we have two western hubs hosting and who goes where i mean i I think there's a lot there but uh, a great day for hockey there's no doubt about it
0: yeah when you look at the hub cities that were brought up 10 in all three of them in canada seven in the u.s and obviously crossing the border is not something that is as easy as it normally can be plus you also have cities like chicago los angeles and in the state of ohio in general that were very early in the process could be termed as hotspots for COVID-19. So there'll be a lot of questions to unpack with all of that. Eddie, I just want to get to the expansion, if you will, from 16 teams making the playoffs to 24 to start and then the round robin to boil it down to 16. Uh, People might say, okay, a Montreal, a Chicago, the teams in each conference down at 12, they get into this opportunity to play in the last 16 for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Given the circumstances and we only played 85% of the regular season, are you okay with those 12 teams in each side getting in?
3: I am because, as the commissioner said, look, at, I mean, I'm sure there were thousands of scenarios. Mike, when we've, when we've talked over the course of the last couple of months, you know, everybody has an idea. Everybody, you know, should you reward certain teams because of the regular season? Should they be on a little bit higher priority? You know, why should teams being down lower in the conference or lower in their division be awarded the opportunity goal? But look, at this is uncharted territories, and I think the league put everything up to it. They got the committee everybody's having a voice, and at the end of the day, I think that, uh, that they got it right. Now, look at you're going to have some teams that are maybe are on the outside that thought, hey, you know what? We were going good, right? We were, we were on the verge. We had a couple of more games. You're always going to have somebody on the outside looking in, but this is uncharted territories, and hopefully we never get back to anything like this ever again. So, yes, I am fine with uh, the way it's going to play out uh, here, at least to start over the first couple of hurdles that we've gotten through here with the, uh, the resume the play to play at some point.
0: And we should point out, the seating was done not on pure points, but a percentage of your points for the number of games played. So if you played 70 games, you had 140 points available. If you won 100 of those, then you had 71 change percent. That's how the point distribution was done. And so stand by. Back to you, Brian Boucher, rest of our NHL analysts, will join us here in a little bit. Still ahead, Gary Bettman will join us at the top of the hour. When we come back, Don Fear, the head of the National Hockey League Players Association, for the perspective from their side as we talk about the return to play announcement in the National Hockey League on this Tuesday.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express.
1: Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I
4: think old CD was waiting for this for so long. Know how important this, especially for older people, who so cheer for the Blues for a long time.
3: For the first time in their history, the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions.
4: To be part of that first group, the guys don't take that lightly.
0: Well. Normally, we'd be talking about the aftermath of last night's Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final, which you would have started on Memorial Day. But on this Tuesday, we're discussing the return to play in the 2014 format and some of the variables put out there by Commissioner Gary Bettman, who will join us just a little after the top of the hour. The head of the Players Association, Donald Fear, now joins us for some conversation on the players' perspective. Uh, Donald, let me start with this. There is always the question of when. We don't have the answer to that. A little bit of the how has been put out there now, but if had to be the first hurdle crossed. How robust was the debate amongst the members of your association if they should continue to go down this path to play the rest of this season?
5: I think the debate comes in in two phases. There is an ongoing if question. Can we satisfy that the health and safety of the players and the rest of the staff and everybody else that would be involved can be protected? Um, and can all the rest of the agreements we need to reach be done? But if you don't have something that you're planning, if you don't have something you can work towards, then we're gonna end up getting to a place in which we say, well, all right, we can do it, let's go ahead, and we won't be able to. So you have to do this in in stages. But as as Gary said, there's never been any dispute that this can't go forward unless the health and safety can be protected of everybody involved. Mm -hmm.
0: Undoubtedly, oftentimes the conversation of a league and the Players Association union is about the contentious nature. How collaborative was this endeavor between your side and the league?
5: Uh, if by collaborative, do you mean was there a lot of discussion? Was it frank? Did it go back and forth? Did people realize that there was a common objective that we needed to try and reach? I think the answer to that, all, all that is, is yes, that it worked out pretty well. And the player members of the committee, I think, really did yeoman's work here. What was the biggest
0: concern of the players in terms of trying to put the structure in place and then the testing part of it, which I think is the most significant hurdle that all sports are going to have to deal with here in the upcoming weeks and months?
5: Well, in, in connection with the, the tournament itself, It was how do you create a tournament which is fair or as fair as can possibly be done under the circumstances when you don't have a finished season and you had teams that had a chance to make the playoffs but would not have qualified as the top 16 as of the day we shut down. Players were really concerned about the integrity of the tournament and still are. So those were the things I believe that uh, dominated their thinking. On the health and safety front, Uh, Look, there's no question about it, unless there can be adequate testing, along with all of the other measures that we put into effect just to open up training camps, which we hope to be able to do sometime next month. Sorry, open up phase two, which we hope to be able to do Mm -hmm, sometime next month. Um, Those obviously are, are real concerns.
0: The training camps would be phase three, as we all get used to this new terminology, and that would be at the earliest in early July. As for the testing for the players, and that will have to be robust in nature, uh, what was the comfort level of the leadership and the players, reps, who were a big part of this conversation, when they went back to their players on their teams and asked the question, this much testing and uh, really some invasive stuff taking your temperature every day putting it in an app before you come to practice how concerned were the players about how deep this will go just to get into the building and get on skates
5: i don't think they were concerned about it i think they would have been concerned if we didn't have those kinds of protections in place look they're part of the community they know what's going on in the world they want to make sure they're protected, but just as importantly, their families are and everybody else they have to work with and so on. So I think what we've done is, as best we can at this point, design appropriate health and safety protocols. If they need to be amended over time, we will amend them. This is a, a living document, and then we have to make sure that logistically we can actually implement all the steps. That's part of what I meant when I said if we can do all of this, mm-hmm. then this is the format we're looking at.
0: How about isolation from families? What's the concern level with the players there?
5: Nobody wants to be isolated from their families, but everybody understands that for a period of time, perhaps, in order to make this work, that there would have to be some of that. But it was a concern that the players discussed in terms of the overall approach. No question about it.
0: Revenue. uh, There's significant revenue built up those last uh, 15% of regular season games unplayed and the postseason. How have the conversations gone in terms of what revenue will be lost and how that may impact future earnings for players?
5: Well, that's a major subject of the discussions, which uh, we have begun but are still a considerable distance from finishing. And I think the time to ask me about that is, is a few weeks down the road. It's not today.
0: We look forward to that visit. Will the hurdles be too high to overcome? Do you see concern that the economics of this might hold back finishing off this season?
5: Well, one can hope that they won't. And the discussions that we've had so far indicate that there's, at the very least, a joint realization that we have some difficult circumstances to work through. And we've got to find a way to make the best of a situation that no one ever wanted, certainly, or, or uh, hoped to see. But well, look, in, in this situation, no. the, the NHL— Sorry, I was about to say the NHL is, you finish. is in the same situation that the other professional sports are and that a very large part mm-hmm. of the uh, world economy is in. Everybody's in the same boat.
0: Yeah, and we're seeing that as a bit of a holdup reportedly for the moment in the place where you used to be involved in with Major League Baseball and their conversation. The report was that two teams voted no in terms of the format and the plan going. Is that accurate?
5: We never discuss what the internal votes are. Uh, That's up to the players to discuss, but staff never does it. Um, It wasn't quite unanimous, is about the best I can say. Mm -hmm.
0: Is there any conversation of perhaps these uh, first couple of rounds of playoffs being best of five, not best of seven, with that player leadership group? As I was reading, I noticed that the length of those series have yet to be determined.
5: Yes, we, there there are still, you know, a number of details that we have to, to finally lock down, and that's one of them. And hopefully we'll have that done in, in the reasonably near future. I don't think it'll take very long how, to come to some resolution.
0: Mm-hmm. How, how much training camp are you getting a sense the players will need once they report in Phase 3 before we can get ready to go to Hub Cities and play the Stanley Cup playoffs?
5: We have had... Uh, differing opinions by players, which I don't think would surprise anyone. Um, I think it depends on how much skating the guys are going to be able to get in before training camps open. And that, again, depends on when phase two can be implemented and how successful it is with guys getting back and and getting out on the ice. But the tenor of the conversation has been that hopefully we will get to that stage and then it will be as long as it needs to be. Um, I would like to believe it, it that, that the operative number is around three weeks, but if we can do it a little shorter or it takes a little longer, it does.
0: And lastly, has there been any discussion of the length of a pause between the end of the 2020 Stanley Cup season and the start of the 2020-21 season?
5: There's been some spitballing conversation, if I can put it that way, between Gary and I, as to when it might be with uh, the obvious recognition that it would start would have to be delayed significantly beyond training camps opening in September. Uh, Beyond that, we haven't gotten to anything more specific yet. But that's obviously one of the items on the agenda when I talk about an overall agreement that needs to be completed. And as we wrap
0: in a brief word or two, how would you characterize your hopes that we'll get back on the ice and see the Stanley Cup awarded this year?
5: I I certainly hope that we can. I certainly hope that that's the case. I certainly hope that all the necessary agreements, health and safety and economic and the rest can be finalized so that that can take place. But I hope it for another reason, because if we can, that would suggest that the, the world is beginning to return a little bit towards normal. And that's something that everybody wants and is in everybody's interest. And we can't forget that. Well
0: said. Great place to leave it. Don Fear, head of the National Hockey League Players Association. Thanks for your time. Continued good health. Thank you. When we come back, Commissioner of the National Hockey League, Gary Bettman, will join us live for the moment he hopes that he will be able to take part in again this year, handing off the Stanley Cup to the captain of the winners. Okay, the return to play for the National Hockey League. 24 teams will restart play, hopefully getting back on the ice sometime this summer. We at least now have a format of that with the possibility of the round-robin competition happening first with the top four teams in each conference, then the qualifying round happening simultaneous to that. We'll have 16 teams and then a first and second round with format and series length to be determined. The conference finals and the finals best of seven, all announced by NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman about 40 minutes ago. And the commissioner joins us live to unpack some of this. I could ask you to briefly recap the draft lottery setup, but I think we'll we'll hold that for another time. Uh, that was that was quite something. I'm still reading through that, but uh, the, the biggest thanks for being with us. With, nevertheless, with it.
2: it, it's right, it works. Yes. But I had a lot of trouble even explaining it internally because it's one thing <laughs> to have it in your head, and it's another to get it out so somebody right. can understand what you're saying. Well, and just to
0: read through it, you, you you get the goal of fairness. Here's the headline. Detroit has the number one choice there, and normal just under one and five. But Ottawa, because they have San Jose's pick, essentially has a one and four chance. And after that, there's a lot of things that could happen. So we'll deal with that right. when we get closer to the end of June. Let me hit you with the headline questions that I had. Great. The one through four teams in each conference, mm-hmm. when they play each other once, if we get back started, They'll play regular season overtime rules. Will they be accumulating points to determine how they reseed
2: one through four for the 16-team tournament? So, yes. And and if there's a tie in the points from that little tournament, we'll use percentage of points from the regular season as the tiebreaker. Uh, The theory was, uh, and this was something we had discussed with the players, they didn't want to have to play a team that just came out of a qualifying series cold. They wanted some real competition, right. and and this was our way to do it. Uh, this again from the return to play committee that had five players on it. We felt collectively that this made sense to to give them the buy, not put them at substantial risk, uh, and and give them some real competition.
0: So if we can put up the East bracket, maybe this will help everyone understand it. If Boston and Tampa in their round robin in the Eastern Conference both go two and one and let's say Boston beat Tampa in their head-to-head matchup
2: no it actually did the the regular season so Boston right I was
0: gonna I I was gonna give you the I was gonna give you the other example Gary where Tampa beat Boston in the head-to-head of this round Robin but both were two and one in this overall deal against Philly Washington and the other guys it would still be Boston even though Tampa beat Boston within this round robin because Boston had more regular season points.
2: Yeah, uh, and better percentage of points uh, because they may have played a different number of games. The theory is we want those four teams not to be disadvantaged by the bye, but not have a tremendous amount at risk because they did qualify with the best records in the regular season to the point at which it was played.
0: Gotcha. Uh, simply, I, I could have said the point percentage will supersede a head to head in a tiebreaker Correct. scenario in that one through four. Now, reseeding question. Uh, yeah. Five through 12 play, and let's say a couple of the double digit seeds win. Will there be a complete reseed of five through 12 when that is done?
2: We're, we're having that discussion. Uh, reseeding versus brackets is something that uh, the players uh, have weighed in on. Uh, we we think brackets makes the most sense. The players have expressed the possibility of a preference for reseeding. Uh, and in this unique year, in this unique context, if the players feel strongly about it, and that's a decision they have yet to make, uh, we'll, we'll abide by that decision. Uh, but everything we've done with the players and the Players Association has been extraordinarily collaborative, and on, on an issue like this, if there's strong preference, we're prepared to uh, uh, listen to what they have to say and go along with it.
0: This is way down in the weeds, but it's kind of a hockey playoff conversation from a strategy standpoint. The last change. Uh, very often, you talk about having that last change for your home games. Has that
2: been broached just yet? Well, we, we, we will be dealing with that as well uh, in terms of designating, obviously, in the qualifying round. I believe that the clubs that, that had the better percentage records uh, will get the, quote, home ice advantage in terms of last change. Gotcha. Uh,
0: the hub cities, we put up the 10 cities, seven in the U.S., three in Canada. They're geographically spread east and west. Does it necessarily have to be one from the east, one from the west, or one from the U.S. and one from Canada?
2: No. Uh, there, the reason there are so many cities still in contention is we didn't want to be in a situation uh, with things in the world moving so quickly, changing from day to day. We didn't want to get locked in because we don't want to go to a place where there's a lot of COVID-19. We don't want to go to a place where we can't get the testing we need and there's going to be extensive testing because, and you and I haven't said this yet, but again, health and safety is the most important thing, so there must be tests available for us on a wide-scale basis without disrupting any medical needs. Uh, and there are governmental issues. Uh, for example, currently, we we don't think we could do this in, in the Canadian markets because there's a 14-day quarantine. Uh, we are talking to the right. Canadian government about it. But if we get done with training camp and we want to go to a Canadian city, and to do that we have to quarantine for another 14 days, that isn't going to work. Uh, so we're going to have to take our time we're probably 3 weeks or more away from having to make a decision but i didn't want to be in a situation where we locked into one place and something was going on in that place that might want to cause us to to reconsider so it's great that we have all these options it's a lot more work for the events department but that's okay having the options we think will make us safer and better in the long run you getting you getting some background are you getting some background noise? It's okay. It's, 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 this, it's the dog. It's my three-year-old grandson home. running around. Yeah.
0: It's great. It's work from home 2020. It happens to all of us. As everyone has put on social media, what it used to be in 2020. It's, it's a different world, and we all appreciate the transparency. Uh, semifinals, the conference finals, and the Stanley Cup final. Is there the door still open and the possibility that those could happen in the cities of the teams that are competing?
2: Yes, it, it, it depends on what the world looks like. If you, if you made me guess today, I think we'll be in one of the two hub cities or conceivably a third city. But uh, if things change dramatically and we have the ability uh, to, to go back to the home markets and even if we had the ability, we anticipate playing this without fans. But if at some point things changed and we could, then obviously we would reevaluate everything we've been doing For the last 10 to 12 weeks was having to do with preparing for whatever might be in front of us, having alternatives, having optionality, and making sure that we were flexible enough to adapt to whatever was going on.
0: And the reality of this, Gary, is health, safety for the players, everybody involved. There is also an economic reality, uh, the economics of the franchises in the league at this point, any concerns with this significant lack of revenue coming in for any of the teams as we sit at this point?
2: Well, we, we played uh, all but 189 of our regular season games. Uh, this isn't, we're not planning this for the economics. The, the economic consequence of what's going on has for the most part already been sustained and we're feeling the impact We're doing this because we're hearing from our fans overwhelmingly that they'd like us to conclude the season. They would like the game back. It represents uh, a sense of normalcy and coming back. Uh, We think sports and we think we've been pretty good at, at using hockey sports to bring people together to help heal in a difficult time. That's what's motivating us. The, 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 yes, there are economic consequences to all of this, but, in terms of the revenues at stake that are left to be earned, it, it's a small fraction of what we would normally do in the course of the season. Our franchises, fortunately, our ownership, fortunately, has never been stronger, never been better. But, but it's painful economically because uh, we've been trying to do the right things with our organizations. Uh, we're trying to do the right things in the community, whether it's food drives or donations and the like. Uh, and most owners in all sports are probably not as wealthy as they were three months ago. Uh, so this is obviously having a severe negative impact, uh, but our franchises and our ownership is in good shape.
0: Bravo to you, Bill Daly, everybody in the league, Don Fear, the players, the players committee, just to have a plan, just have something to look at. Obviously, there are still big ifs out there, but. It's good to have the conversation, and let's hope we spend summer with Stanley and the Stanley Cup. That would be great. Commissioner, thank you very much. We appreciate your time.
2: It would be great. It would be great to be with you in person, so thank you.
0: We look forward to it. Gary Bettman, commissioner of the National Hockey League, joins us there. We'll bring our guys back to more perspective on what is out there and some of these matchups, which all of a sudden are pretty spicy, like the Hawks and the Oilers. Okay, we may not see these matchups for two months if play doesn't start until sometime later in July or August, but might as well talk about it, right? And in the West, Edmonton against Chicago, it just jumps out there as one of those uh, sexy matchups, to be honest, in this uh, Western Conference return-to-play format. Ed Olchick back with us, and Patrick Sharp now joining us. Sharpie, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on an Edmonton-Chicago best of five?
4: Huh, first of all, I'm just excited to hear the news Today from the commissioner, that's uh, that's awesome for everybody involved. I think we all want to see hockey back on the TV. Perhaps nobody more so than my wife Abby, who can't wait to get rid of me again, send me back to the studio in Stanford. But you know that five twelve matchup, Edmonton Chicago. Right off the top of my head, I start thinking of the two best players in the game up on the up to the first seventy games this season. That was Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, two of the top forwards in the game. Whenever they're on the ice, you're going to notice it. They're the most dynamic players to watch. And whoever they were going to be playing in this matchup in the first round, I'd be tuning in to watch just to see some highlights. Now you flip it over and you got the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, it's been a while since the Hawks have been in the playoffs. But this guy right here, number 88 Patrick Kane, lives for these big moments. It seems like every time he's in the playoffs, he wants that puck on his stick. He wants to be showtime. And take a look at Jonathan Taze. I've been telling him for years, learn how to take that one-timer. There he goes scoring against the Edmonton Oilers, who he's going to be facing in the first round. Those two guys want to get back to playoff hockey. They want to perform. Now they got the opportunity to be on the big stage again.
3: Incredible! Well, Sharpie's still on the taking ice there credit there for uh, Taves learning for a one-timer there. <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. Uh- Absolutely Mike I mean look at I think from when you look at this tournament format right like however you want to look at it. Is it a bracket is it going to be receding whatever is going to take place right. when you look at it with this uncharted territory here with these players being off as long as they have to come back and maybe you get a team that gets a goaltender extremely hot and all of a sudden gets them through that play in round and now, all of a sudden, you got a legitimate chance. You're in a final eight in the conference. To me, this thing is absolutely wide open. It doesn't matter what a team did three months ago. That is out the window. you got to think about injuries. you got to think about the aspect of maybe older teams, right? Maybe teams that take them a little bit while, a little bit longer to kind of get their legs under them. You don't have that you know, that ability. So I think it is absolutely wide open. You can make a case for a lot of teams. And uh, I agree with Sharpie, that 5-12 matchup there you got some talent there and, you know, which team can get the goaltending. And if that's indeed the case, they're going to move on and the other team's going to go home.
0: Well, speaking of 5-12 and goaltending, this is why some folks were reporting that Pittsburgh was a team that was against this format, although Don Fear wouldn't confirm that for us. The 5-12 in the east, when you look at that eastern bracket, would be Pittsburgh and Montreal. And you talk about hot goalies. Carrie Price Sharpie could change the entire equation of a series like this very quickly.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Everything Enzo just said applies to what we're going to see in the next couple weeks or whenever we get started with this playoff format. We don't know what's been going on uh, for the layoff. But the sounds of things, these players got some time. They, they've got a date or so, somewhere close to it where they can get focused, get in some kind of shape and get ready to go. But when you look at this potential matchup, Carey Price in the net for the Montreal Canadiens is a game changer. I know we're taking a look at these high-flying Penguins who did have some key injuries going into this shutdown. Hopefully they're healthy and ready to go. You got Crosby, Latang, Malkin. Uh, Jason Zucker was a huge pickup for them at the deadline. But in goal, Carey Price is the equalizer. And this Montreal team who was fighting for their lives just to get into the playoffs, they get a second chance here. They got a tough opponent in round one. But hey, when you got Kerry Price in that making saves, you got a chance to win every night. And with the uncertainty of how these teams are going to fare in those first couple games, it'd be nice to have a guy like Price in the pipes.
0: And so the other side of that, another matchup in the East, the New York Rangers, who are at the 11th spot and otherwise would not have been in, but get in, would face Carolina. And we've got the Rangers with multiple options between the pipes. So there's another scenario of a team that wasn't thinking the postseason now will and has some options there as well.
3: Yeah, David Quinn has done an amazing job there, Mike, with the New York Rangers. And look, you you could argue, and I know the commissioner said, right, that the regular season has concluded. But you could argue that if the Rangers, you know, if we would have went and continued to play the regular season, in my opinion, if the Rangers would have made the playoffs, Artemi Panarin could have been a finalist for MVP of the National Hockey League. That's how good mm-hmm. the bread man has been with the New York Rangers. And, you know, you talk about the young goaltending. I mean, it's, uh, it's absolutely wide open. So, look, it, it's an opportunity, as I said a little bit earlier, but that is one heck of a matchup. you got two teams that like to get up and go uh, with Carolina and the Rangers. Should be, it'll be a lot of fun to see those guys cruising up and down the ice.
0: Panarin had a fabulous fe- February. Patrick Sharp, Eddie Olczyk, thank you guys. We appreciate the perspective. We hope to be talking about this for the next two months or so and hopefully get back on the ice. We're back with a final word on this edition of NHL Live in just a moment. Okay, so 24 teams have a chance at the Stanley Cup if all the health and safety hurdles are crossed and covered These teams will be competing with a best of five for those teams at the top and those four top seats for each conference. We're playing a round-robin to determine seating going forward and then boil it down and at two hub cities out of ten that were named by Gary Bettman today. The opportunity to see an Eastern and Western Conference playoffs go on obviously there's so much still ahead in phase two of just getting six players at a time back to training facilities for just a little bit of ice time that's the next goal for the national hockey league the hopes that training camps will open in early july and then after some time after that getting to that format that we just discussed if you missed any of our interviews with gary bettman or don fear check out our digital or social websites